Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Route National Park, Summer 2004. I was a teenager and myself and two friends went camping up a 4x4 road and set up camp near the dead end. We hadn't seen any other people or camps for several miles while driving in. Looking back at where we were now, that spot is fairly isolated by Colorado standards, as far as camping from a vehicle goes anyway. So we are sitting around the fire not being quiet when around midnight or so we hear some animals in the woods behind us in the distance. It sounded like there were a few of them. It's hard to describe the sounds but they were soft and sort of high pitched. Imagine the quieter vocalizations that a chimp makes and that is almost an exact match. At the time we were sitting at the fire we thought they were maybe turkeys. Obviously we didn't know back then that turkeys roosted at night or we would have a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ruled that out. The noises were very slowly getting closer and started to make us uncomfortable to the point that we all went into the big eight-person tent we had set up. The truck was a bit farther away or I think we would have all jumped inside it. 
whatever they were came right through camp with a big fire going. I remember we were all too terrified to unzip the tent and look because the door wasn't facing the fire so someone would have to stick their head around the side. It seems so ridiculous now, I wish I'd have just looked. The animals eventually kept going in the direction of a lake past our camp. Before you go thinking that this is a Bigfoot story, I'll just say that from memory I don't recall thinking that these were particularly large animals and I don't really remember hearing footsteps, just the vocalizations. What animals would walk right by a campfire though? I guess we'll never know. Campsite up in Yosemite just before lake there's this awesome general store from like the late 1800s. We were driving up late to go camping one night and when you see this thing at night it is creepy. So I wanted to scare the girls with us and made up some story about how the place had been abandoned by a dude who killed his parents trying to inherit the store but got found out and ran into the woods and kills people to scavenge their supplies to live. It was a fairly obvious lie but it did spook them pretty good. Soon as we get to the camping area and have our site set up I took them on a hike and by sheer coincidence about 5 minutes away is a totally abandoned site. They had to haul us out of there because there was half a loaf of bread sitting out on the table, clothes on a line, flashlights, canteens in the lean-to, shoes in a line, strawberries left out to mold it was like they just ran out and left a fully set up site. But that tent was f up slashed to pieces and half trampled with sleeping bags still in it i would assume a bear but why wouldn't the bear eat the bread and peanut butter and strawberries left out after that the girls were pissed i brought them out to such a dangerous place i live near yosemite national park there's a part in it that's basically just this stretch of woods like nothing at all all of the trees are those old growth types you'd normally find in a swamp, completely covered in moss and all the spindly branches covered in that odd dried gray grass slash moss. I was out there one day during late summer slash spring trespassing with my dog. We came across an old house that was basically rotting away, we circled the area around the house while staying in the thick tree line trying to see all the different sides of the house. While I was walking the perimeter I was also looking up occasionally to lift low-hanging branches out of my way, and I noticed a rusty machete stuck in one of the trees about 10 to 15 feet up, my guess is that the machete was stuck in the tree years ago when it was still young. Anyways, after noticing that all the ground floor openings were boarded up I decided to check how well they were nailed in to see if it was possible to enter. I ended up pulling away most of the boards covering a side window, big enough to get through but I would have needed to leave my dog outside and he wasn't having any of that. I ended up just peering through the window for a couple of minutes trying to see what was in there but it was just a mostly empty room with one of those big rope spindles acting as a table. After that I left. I've tried going back a few times since then without my dog, but I could never find the house again. I'd still like to find it one day and actually search the damn thing. My brother and I went on a 12-day backpacking trip in the emigrant wilderness, which is just north of Yosemite. About halfway through our trip we saw a big cloud of smoke that appeared to be coming from the Yosemite area. We changed our course to head away from what appeared to be a massive fire. Turns out it was a massive rock slide in Yosemite, we ended up heading north to Emigrant Lake. While looking for a campsite at the lake we came across a bunch of trash and decided to check it out a bit closer. Stuff had been shredded and destroyed by an apparent bear. I can't remember everything that was there, but there was so much stuff that obviously a large group with pack animals had been there. They obviously left in a hurry. Luckily, for us the bear only damaged one of the 318 packs of beer. So there we are a week into our trip and the next day was my birthday. What to do? Well we changed our plans again and spent two nights at Emigrant Lake. No bears, but lots of beer. A few other interesting things about the trip. Put a beer in the fire while we were cooking supper. Didn't tell my brother. About 10 minutes later there was a loud boom. 
About 10 seconds later the top of the beer can hits the ground. We didn't spend one night in a spot on our permit. This all happened when Sosa and Maguire were breaking the MLB home run record. Was out in the Yosemite National Park cut doing geology work and came across this campground that was the creepiest shit I've ever seen in my life. Someone had set up shop out there and had put up a ton of mannequins which they were apparently using for target practice. Here's where it gets weird though, it was about dusk so the sky was getting all orange when we pulled in, and the first thing we see is these gnarly mannequins hung from trees by their necks with rope covered in bullet holes. They had built an outhouse as well, and when you swung the door open there was a bunch of mannequin parts all nailed to the walls and shit. Camped there that night but if I hadn't had like 3 to 4 other dudes with me who all had field gear, guns I definitely would have been shook. Second story. Was out in the desert, and I know it's not the woods but still, and was looking at old mining sites and we come across this mine shaft. In general you don't really want to go into old mines from back in the 20s, 30s because the timbers are all rotted and you can't guarantee proper airflow or anything like that. Worse, you might come across a crate of old sweaty dynamite and end up a bunch of bits. Anyways, we get to this mine and start poking around and find like 6 to 7 huge crates which look brand new. The lid is loose on one so we take a look inside to find out all the crates are absolutely filled with ammunition. Like tens of thousands of rounds. Shotgun shells, assault rifle rounds in .556, like anything you can imagine was here. We f off real sharp because this was deep in the boonies, like an hour, two hours from the nearest town and we figured we came across a gun runner's cache of some kind. Pretty near to a reservation too so who knew WTF was going on there. Definitely wasn't gonna stay to find out though. Other than that you occasionally used to run into weed grows and shit out in the hills back before it legalized. I'm sure you still find them around but if you ever see fish hooks hanging from tree limbs or boards buried with nails facing up you're getting close to someone's farm and you should 100% bail. Arapahoe Basin Parking Lot, December 2005 Back when they let you camp in the upper lot across the highway from the ski area my buddies and I would drive up and sleep in the car to avoid the I-70 traffic in the mornings. One clear night with a big moon, a friend and I had just turned in. I was sleeping in the back seat of the SUV and my friend was in the front passenger seat reclined back, sound comfy? I had just dozed off when I felt the vehicle move just slightly and my buddy shot awake and goes whoa. I sat up just in time to see a furry white creature on the hood of the car stretching up to the roof. At the sound of our commotion inside it dropped back down on all fours and jumped off the hood. Afterwards my buddy realized that he left a bag of food on top of the roof and the animal was clearly trying to get it. What the heck is about the size of a large dog, stealthy, and pure white. I'll never forget that it was as white as the snow all over. I don't think it had a tail. When its back legs were on the hood and it was stretched up over the windshield you couldn't see its front legs or head. When it jumped down though I remember it moved more like a cat. Large albino raccoon with no tail? New species? LOL. So I was 17 and camping with my family like we did every year up in Voyagers National Park, Minnesota-Canada border. This year in particular though we put our big pontoon boat in the water and the motor broke immediately, not to be repaired. We were far away from anything resembling civilization and our vacation was only a week so we decided to make do. My uncle's sailboat could tow us but it only had an 8 motor. So we went to the absolute closest campsite we could find from the boat dock and that is where we stayed for the week. We were on an island, but a good sized island. About day 3 is when I realized we were not alone on the island, there was definitely hobo living there. You would find in random places rocks stacked in an odd fashion and since I liked to explore I eventually found the camp on the other side of the island. 
There was a crudely made shelter out of sticks and rocks and a piece of sheet metal and inside you could see a worn spot on the shape of a person lying down. Next to it was another crudely made fort about the size for a dog. There were old pots and pans and utensils about and if you followed a trail from the main spot you found a chair with the seat cut out sitting over a hole full of shit in the ground. I told my family what I found, and they were not interested in hiking 30 minutes to go see it and shrugged it off. We never saw another soul the week we were there but I found it unnerving we were essentially having vacation in some wilderness hobo's home and no one was concerned about. Also concerning to me we never saw him, did the person peace out when they saw us coming? You can't live in a national park, or was he just really good at hiding? Hiked Virgin Falls in Tennessee very early in the morning. The hike is easy for an experienced backpacker, it is about 8 miles to and from the end. Each scenic overlook is about a mile or two off the trails as well. When we drove up to the parking lot there was one other car already parked which was strange to us considering we got there around 7 in the morning. About halfway through the trail we find an empty water bottle on the ground of the trail. We didn't think much of it as we hiked toward the end to the big waterfall to set up camp for the night. The next day we gather our things and head back out when two park rangers and a service dog pass us and ask our group if we saw anybody else on the trail to which we replied no. Turns out a disgruntled man got angry at his girlfriend and took off into the woods the same morning we hiked in. They told us his girlfriend got a hold of him on his cell phone for a few seconds and said she could hear water running in the background of their short conversation. We couldn't exactly help much since we already hiked every inch of the trail and didn't see a thing. A few days later some of us decide to check up on the local newsletters of the area to see if we could find anything on the situation and we find out that local authorities and park rangers found his body at the bottom of the overlook. The whole situation still freaks me out sometimes when I think about it. A close friend of mine owned lots of land because her family raised horses. When we were younger we were constantly hiking the trails up through the hills or went four-wheeling through the forest area beyond the horse pasture. Once while we were out riding around on the four-wheeler we found a path we had never noticed before. So out of curiosity we decided to check it out. The path lead to an old cemetery on a hilltop overlooking a beautiful view of a valley below. It was a gorgeous sight. We could tell it was a very old cemetery by the wrought iron gate and the crumbling tombstones. It was a fairly small cemetery with no more than 20 tombstones. Some were badly weathered to the point you could no longer read the names or dates. But most of the ones that were legible dated back to the 1800s. There were several very strange things there. At the back corner were two adjoining headstones, twin children, a boy and girl. What was odd was one plot was sunken in the ground, the other was like a mound pushed up past the normal height of the ground. I'd never seen anything like it. The other odd thing was a single tree grew in the middle of the cemetery, a giant oak, with a headstone almost right up against it. It read a lady's name with a 1700s date. Carved into the stone was the word which. Upon seeing this we decided we should head back as the sun was setting. As we got back on the four-wheeler we were discussing what an odd and out-of-the-way place for a cemetery, it was practically hidden. As my friend is backing up I look over my shoulder back to the cemetery once more and standing there plain as day I see a young man, he looked to me like a soldier from a different time, he was transparent yet I could see every detail if that makes sense. He was looking right at us. I touched my friend's arms without saying a word. She hit the brake turning to ask me what was wrong, then looking out to see what had caught my attention because I was still staring in complete shock, wide-eyed. I heard her whisper, oh my god. And suddenly she whipped us into gear and shot down the path. I grabbed onto her tight from fear I was going to fall off or we would wreck. I glanced back once more while the cemetery was still in view and the soldier had vanished. After we made it home I asked her what she saw. She explained in perfect detail the exact man I saw. 
Her mother overheard us and told her father who soon called us to the living room. He asked where we had been so my friend explained to him what we found and what we saw. He got a shocked look on his face and was silent for a few minutes. I was worried we were in serious trouble for not staying closer to home. Then he asked if we noticed the Confederate flags etched into a few of the stones. We told him we couldn't really remember as we were mostly taken by the graves of the children and the witch. He then said, I'm not sure what to make of what you saw up there, but I do know there are Confederate soldiers buried on that hill. To us that was complete validation for who or what we saw. I was 16 when that happened and I'm 27 now and to this day I can still see that soldier in my mind. That's something I will never forget. My family and some friends camp up in the same spot every year for a long weekend getaway. It's up past Red Feather Lakes. There are usually 5 to 8 families and kids ranging from 5 to 16. The little kids talk the bigger ones into building a fort out of dead fallen leaves and such and they had a time of it making this thing just down the road from our campsite. The next day was Saturday and typically it's superhighway time on the forest service roads with people showing up looking for campsites and all the miles of off-road trails in the area. About mid-morning a Subaru goes by and we can hear them a short bit later chattering and carrying on. Me and another guy start walking down the road thinking they had a flat or were hung up on a rock or something. It's not rock crawling territory but a bit more ground clearance than a 96 legacy is recommended. As we approach we see four people setting up cameras, not just cheapo ones but full production quality ones. They had a dude looking over the fort and talking about it being a Sasquatch nest and how they could see tracks and hair samples. My daughter had shoved a rock into a stick and tied it with string off her ragged sweatshirt also and they were all about it being a tool and that it had blood from deer on it. We sat back and watched for a while, and they were completely serious about it all. Eventually we couldn't contain ourselves and asked if they wanted to meet Mr. Sasquatch. We brought them up to camp and had the kids tell them how they built the fort and hammer and all. I think the camera folks have a YouTube or something because they just said they don't care about that. They had what they needed to put out a evidence video and nobody would be the wiser. Goes to show how you can create your own narrative if you want to. I have looked a bit on YouTube but admit I am not too savvy, never found the video. The fort still stands a few years later, the kids rebuild and improve it all the time. About five years ago I'm taking the Boy Scouts out camping. We're in upstate New York and we're trying to do honest, primitive camping stuff. At this point these kids are used to being in the woods and do all sorts of outdoorsy stuff like set up snares and bring home random squished animals from Paiute traps. I've stopped keeping a close eye on the kids because they all know their stuff pretty well. All of them know first aid, some of them CPR. They can confidently identify plants and they don't get scared. I did the cursory gear check and made sure everyone had the minimum gear and complimented folks who brought extra knives and fire starters and whistles and such. I don't even particularly remember which park we were in but we did a half day of hiking and were discussing plants and such and the plan was to make debris shelters. Debris shelters are exactly what they sound like, it's just a pile of random woods crap in a tent shape. The worst we'd be afraid of is some kid playing with a lighter inside his trash tent. We pair up the kids and put them to work and soon we've assembled a passable caveman city of pine boughs and A-frames set up between trees. It was beginning to feel a bit like a fortified ring and folks were making Indian burial ground jokes and the mood was light-hearted. We then scoured for firewood and all picked times for firewatch and scouts peeled off to go into their tent sleeping head to head. It's about midnight now and I'm woken to someone kicking my foot. I'm annoyed because when you open the shelter you lose the heat and since it's fall, it's chilly but this isn't an honest survival situation. I figure it's some kid who's bitching their tentmate snores or drooled on them and I start to worm my way out before he reaches into my shelter and this time I hear it. There's distinctly a noise like a heavy, metallic rattle the woods. It would happen, 
Then it would be quiet for 10 minutes, then it would happen again. It's not getting closer, but it's not getting further away either. It's always a similar noise, like a chain being pulled over something. I figure one of the kids is messing with us so I do a quick foot check. And unfortunately, most of the kids are awake, having heard it. Worse, all the kids are accounted for. Worst, all the kids are scared. At this point everyone is up and awake and we're all thinking instead of a ring of debris hunts, we've made a really nice kill pit for ourselves for whatever chain-dragging ghost monster is in the woods. Did everyone pick up their snares? Everyone nods quietly. Did anyone use an alarm on their snares? This would have been a can they found in the woods filled with rocks, or maybe a metal plate something could bang against. Everyone shakes their head no. The chain rattling monster is persisting. Again, neither closer, nor further. It's just plain weird. Alright everyone go back to bed. Yeah, right. I talk it over with the assistant scoutmaster, the scoutmaster, and the other parent who is chaperoning. We're pretty sure it's not paranormal, but we also need to know if it's just someone screwing around with us or what the heck it is. It's always due west, and it always seems to be at the same distance, and it's not dependent on the wind. At this point we're pretty sure someone set a snare, forgot about it, and now something is going to annoy the crap out of us for the entire night and scare the scouts. We decide the scoutmaster and assistant scoutmaster will stay with the kids and we put a very large flashlight pointed up into the tree canopy to give us a landmark. Me and the other parent, who also is a hunting buddy, grab our own lights and do a quick gear check and decide to take a walk. We walk about 10 minutes into the woods and hear it almost right in front of us. Both of us converge our beams at the same time. A pair of inhuman eyes look back at us, glowing in the darkness. Anyway, turns out when they fill in an old mine or sinkhole in upstate NY, they put a fence around it in a circle to keep folks from jumping on it. This stupid deer jumped the fence but then couldn't get enough of a run to jump back out. When we approached, the deer, who was beating itself against the fence, either saw how to get out from our lights or we scared it enough it finally decided it could make the jump. It took off into the woods. We returned to camp as heroes, having defeated the horrible chain ghost monster. A couple months I went backpacking in a state park outside of Nashville. It's right on a popular lake, so boaters were abundant. The campsite was a six-mike hike in, one way in, one way out. I was going solo, which is my preferred way to camp. About three miles and I came across a homeless camp, but nobody was around. I made lots of noise to make sure I didn't startle anyone. This part of the trail was somewhat close to a neighborhood, but you had to go through the woods to get there. After getting to my site and setting up, I pulled out my book and started reading. After a while this guy appears out of nowhere. I'm in a wooded area where every lizard sounds like a bear, so I have no idea how this guy walked into my camp without me hearing. It's the weekend, so I expected others so I didn't think much of it. He is just standing there, looking at his phone. I go back to reading. Then I realize this guy is standing between me and the lake. The trailhead is behind me. He would have had to walk right next to me to get to his current position. Okay, weird, but he probably came from a boat. I pretend to read some more but I'm side-eyeing this guy. He's dressed in a tucked-in polo shirt, slacks, and tennis shoes. Is 90 degrees outside and I'm 6 miles down the only trail leading to camp. At this point I'm a little weirded out. After a few more minutes the guy tells me to have a nice day and heads toward the trail and makes a ton of noise doing so. After he's out of sight I walk, also called frantic running, to the shore to see his boat. There's none in sight. I jog down the trail a bit and couldn't find him or any sign of him. I was out camping in the same backcountry that the film Wrong Turn was set in, but not filmed in. It was just my girlfriend at the time and me. 
We did the normal young person activities and passed out with each other inside a nice cozy sleeping bag. All of a sudden, in the dead of night, I was woken up by the GF saying she keeps hearing sounds outside the tent. I started hearing what sounded like heavy footfalls and the rustling of leaves and branches outside the tent. I grabbed my gun which had a weapon mounted light, flipped the light on, stepped out of the tent, and pointed the light in the direction of the noise. It was a bear. Not sure what kind. It was probably about 100 feet from our tent. It looked my way while keeping my light on him. I made myself appear much bigger than I am. He was gone into the woods and darkness within seconds. I wasn't expecting a bear and I had flipped the safety off and adrenaline was pumping hard. I sat down in the tent and had an adrenaline dump. Didn't sleep the rest of the night. I found his tracks and claw marks in the vicinity of where he was. Later ran into some campers that said they thought they heard a bear that night. I guess it's creepy being woke up by a bear in the dark of night in the haze of grogginess. I was out hiking in the Canadian Rockies and had four to six wolves howling very close to me, and my dog. At first I thought it was really neat, but the howling was getting closer and from multiple directions. I was starting to get concerned, because I had my dog with me, and wolves can be aggressive toward domestic dogs. My dog was leashed, but he was 15 and a half years old, and I was glad there was two of us people. In the end, I think the wolves were just trying to find each other and avoid us, because once the howls were quite close together, and close to us, likely because they were using the same trails as we were, the howling stopped and we never did see them. Ended up being a pretty cool experience. I grew up in a very rural area in northern Mississippi. My dad and I weren't, and aren't, always very close but sometimes we work out our issues for a week or so and manage to be friendly. It was one of those weekends and I was back in the area to visit. It was mid-October so bow season, white-tailed deer, had just kicked in and he was searching for new spots. Where we stayed, and he still stays, is just outside of the delta so it's very very hilly and really a beautiful landscape. Well, I was at the house and he was out scouting and he rode up on a four-wheeler. He told me, I found something and you're going to want to see it. So I hopped on with him and ride out. We go pretty deep into the woods where he was following game trails to the top of one of the taller hills. Not that you could see out over the landscape because it was a hardwood area and relatively dense so all you can see are trees and canopy but you know you're at a high point. He takes me to a spot around the base of a large and old sawtooth oak. Kick around and tell me what you find. I start searching. Suddenly my foot catches something hard. It was a slab of rock. I brush away the leaves and lift it up. I realize it's a tombstone for a man from around the early 1800s. I can't remember the exact date, but the year 1816 comes to mind so it must have been right in there. There's more. Look around you. I follow his order and sure enough there are, from what I can remember, four more tombstones surrounding me. It was a family. A man, a woman, and two children one probably around 8 to 11 year old range and the other a toddler. All from the same era. Chills ran down my spine. I've always been taught that burial grounds were very sacred especially if found secluded in this manner. How long have you been hunting this spot? I asked him. Maybe a week. Every evening I was feeling this strange feeling almost like I wasn't welcome. Being told to leave. I decided to investigate and found this. They all died at the same time. Probably slaughtered. I gave him a nod. Needless to say, we took down the tree stand right then and any other disturbances he may have created on the hill. We said a prayer wrote off. Never disturb burial grounds, son. It's a place of peace and rest. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It should always be left as it was found. I haven't gone back to that place since. I thought of going to the local courthouse to try and find records of who they may be but decided to let it be. Always gives me chills to the think of that place on the hill. How a spot so beautiful could feel so heavily guarded. Hiking by myself on a path I didn't know in a local county park and come around a bend where there is a clearing to one side. And in said clearing are two naked women on a blanket, apparently waiting for the naked guy over by the bushes, apparently trying to get it up. By the time I realized what exactly I was seeing, the women were grabbing clothes and running. I just said don't mind me. And kept walking. But didn't realize the path curved around on itself, so suddenly find myself coming back past that same spot. All were now fully dressed. The women were running far ahead but the guy was walking slowly so I passed him and apologized for ruining his day. He said no worries, we'll finish when we get home. Just glad you weren't a ranger. That was also the day I realized porno lies. No invitation to watch or join them, the guy was having a problem even with two women, none of them were what I would call attractive, and they stopped when interrupted. This did not happen to me, but to three of my very good friends. Up on Highway 1 in Northern California there's plenty of areas to get off on the side of the road and hike around. They found an area off the highway marked private property, but of course being the degenerates there they wanted to explore. They said there looked to be a roof of some kind sticking out of the ground, but they continued to walk past it on this trail. One of my friends was a real big adventurer, so once the terrain got a bit too difficult to navigate, he decided to venture off further while my other two friends decided to sit and pack a bowl. When my two friends were sitting there packing the bowl, they saw a man wearing sunglasses walking up towards them. They said he looked extremely upset. He just walked right by them without saying anything, ascending higher towards where my adventurer friend went off towards. My two friends were frozen and didn't know what to do slash how to warn the friend who ventured off. So my two friends decided to walk back towards the car in hopes the third would make his way back. While on their way back they heard the man shouting angrily get the f out of here now. The third friend met up at the car just a few short moments after the two had gotten there, also visibly disturbed. He said he heard the man and was able to get back without being caught by him. What confuses me is that this man didn't see my two friends sitting slash packing a bowl. Whether he was in a blind rage or what, but they say they did not feel safe. Also the roof that appeared to be coming out of the ground? Many questions left unanswered. Most likely just an angry man at young adults trespassing, but still a story that creeps me out to this day. I was kinking with my dad when I was 12 or so, maybe younger. Pacific Northwest. My dad was a cop, and he always carried. We were on a FS road with switchbacks and I decided to cut the switchback and hike a creek up. I would meet my dad on the road between switchbacks. After a few of these the creek disappeared and I discovered it up the road and even though the road went straight, I wanted to walk in a bit. There was a bunch of white stuff in the creek and rocks even red splotches. I figured it was weird slime mold or whatever and I poked at it. It broke off and was hard like wax. I wander about a bit and see a dead bird and then another. Sparrows I think. I go to wash my hands for some reason and realize the waxy shit is actually candle wax, and all of a sudden figure out that the whole creek area I was in was covered in candle wax. I think alright, that is weird and turn to move and see a bird 
suspended from a string, right in front of me. Like a dead sparrow. Okay, I am sufficiently spooked and decide to head back. I think that my dad is going to get freaked out too and get pretty stoked to tell him. I hit the edge of the creek and see something out of the corner of my eye and there is the decapitated head of a pig sitting there on the bank. Okay, keep cool, don't lose your shit. Once I get to the road my dad is coming up and I am like dad, there is something back here you need to see. Dad goes body? Uh, I don't know. Maybe? But check this out we see it, he is all cool about it. Yeah, looks like they bought the head from a butcher, see how it is skinned? It's a shame about the birds though, they are both about the same rate of decomposition, so they probably caught them, or maybe they were from a car strike. We were both spooked but my dad was mostly unimpressed. Almost certainly kids, but the lack of alcohol cans or bottles seems strange. We don't have an organized Satanist presence out here, so it is probably prankers who are into weird shit. I wouldn't worry about it. I forgot about it for a few years and then we were cleaning out his old truck and found the picture we took. Super creepy. Two experiences, South Cascades in Northern California. I decided to do a two-day overnight solo hike to a wooded lake about five miles from the nearest dirt road. One of my friends who would be hives in the area warned me about bears because he had trouble with them turning over his hives to get at the honey. He said that the availability of honey and the proximity of the man-made hives had made these bears a little more aggressive around humans. They didn't advise not going just to keep an eye out. When I arrived in the late afternoon at the lake, I found several disturbing things around an old rock campfire pit. One sock, a sneaker which had been torn up, and a totally decimated sleeping bag which had been ripped open and in tatters, but still recognizable. Nothing else. It totally creeped me out. To say the least, I suddenly became hyper alert for bears and slept that night with one eye open. 2. Nikko, Japan. In the middle of the winter, I arrived mid-afternoon at my little Ryokan, traditional Japanese inn, stashed my things, pulled on my snow boots, and decided to take a solo hike in woods surrounding some of Nikko's historic imperial treasures. Nikko is a tourist place in Japan's mountains, but due to the fact that it was midwinter, deep snow, and with the sun quickly setting, the place was near deserted. Most tourists had already headed back to their accommodations a mile or two outside of Nico proper. As I hiked into the perimeter forest, it became totally deserted, with not a soul to be seen. I crossed a little arched Japanese bridge into a deep forest, and decided to follow a hardly discernible trail in the snow along a small creek. In a few yards, I saw 20 to 30 small statues all lined up under the heavy snow-laden evergreen boughs. They were facing the river, and their faces were childlike. What was more surprising was that all of them had been adorned with real children's clothing, dresses, pants, shirts, hats, little aprons, etc. This was about 20 years ago, and every statue was uniquely dressed. I pulled out my small penlight and dug my Nico travel book out of my daypack to see if I could find the place on a map or in a description. I found it. These statues represented the souls of aborted babies. I don't believe in ghosts, but there was something about the near-dead silence of the forest, a muffled brook, the dark forest, near nightfall, and being alone. Plus these silent child statues standing in the stead of babies that had died in an unnatural way, that sent a chill up my spine. Staying just a few more creepy minutes, I quickly turned my feet back up the trail, and finally entered the dim streetlights over snow-covered roads, which had me breathing a little easier. My next trip to Nikko, with a Japanese friend, was done at midday and visiting this very spot again in mid-spring with crocuses pushing their way up through patchy snowbanks, and singing birds, was not near as creepy. By then, someone had clothed all the statues in uniform red childlike hats and aprons, which also took a bit away from the earlier feel. When I related my earlier visit to my Japanese friend, he was quite matter-of-fact about it, 
and I was disappointed I couldn't accurately share the emotions of my previously ominous experience, limited language skills. The atmosphere was just too different, and my friend had seen hundreds if not thousands of statues like this all his life throughout Japan. Later, doing Japanese culture studies, I read that it is common for Japanese would-be mothers, out of guilt and or deep sorrow, to clothe a child statue as an act of merit or expression of grief for the life-slash-death of her aborted child. I was riding four-wheelers with my friend in Pike National Forest in the middle of winter and we came across this hole that must have been 100 feet deep with a circumference of at least half that. There were footprints leading up to the hole, and at the edge of the hole was a bunch of indents in the snow like someone had slipped and tried to grab on but fell in. It was too dark at the bottom to see anything from above and there were full-sized trees that were cut down and stuck in there. For all I know there's a dead guy in there to this day. I was in Boy Scouts and did lots of high adventure camps. We went to Big Bend in the Rio Grande Valley one year about 17 to 18 years ago and saw the movie set, camped, hiked, then swam in the river. One night after locking up our foodstuffs in the bear boxes we did a quick star light hike to set up an astronomy telescope because Venus and Mars were supposed to be more visible that week. We were noisy and had plenty of light, but collectively, 14 of us including the adults present, we heard a sneeze and a rock skitter roughly 20 yards away. We all went still and carefully swiveled towards the sounds. Two glowing eyes reflected our lights by some scrub brush. The folks with hunting experience picked up rocks and started slinging them at the eyes. We quickly packed up and hiked back to camp with one of the dads keeping a light to the rear. After a hard night's sleep we went back to investigate and found big cat scat, some freshly gnawed bones of some smaller animal, and one of the rocks that had been thrown with a tiny spot of blood and a few stands of blonde fur on it. No other signs were found and the rest of the trip was uneventful. Still think we were being used as dinner entertainment for a mountain lion that night. When I was 16 I was camping by a lake with a couple tiny islands. I swam to one because I wanted to explore a bit and came upon the only break-in foliage around the entire island. I walked up onto the shore and looked around following a small overgrown trail, at the end of it there was a clearing maybe 10 feet wide in a circle. In the middle of the clearing was what looked like a small army formation, divided and organized with a proper grid. All were standing at attention to what must have been their leader, it was probably twice as tall as the rest. There before me was an army of pine cones. I laughed and left. When I was 8 years old, there was this Catholic private school right by my house. And next to this school was a patch of woods that me and my friends used to hang out in and build stick forts in. We weren't students of the private school, but we were always curious to what went on in there because the school was ornate looking and kinda creepy. Anyways, one day we went to our spot in the woods and there was this guy there. He was much older than us. He was wearing a uniform. I don't know if it was a school uniform or not, I just remember him being dressed up. Anyways, he asked us if we smoked, we said no. And refused the cigarette he offered us shortly after. He was hanging out around our stick forts and he was kind of inspecting them which we thought was pretty weird. After a bit of him sauntering around, he asked us if we wanted to see something cool. To which we agreed. He then took out his penis and then stuck his penis inside an open hole in a tree. I had no idea what to do. I was frozen in time. I just stood there and looked at it. My friend and his little brother took off running and I finally heard them screaming that kinda knocked me out of it, and I went running too. We went back to my friend's house and told his mom what happened. She immediately called the police and a detective and a therapist lady came over and talked to us and we gave a description of the guy. We never found out if he was caught or not. 
still really messed up to remember this, and I don't know why I still remember this when it happened almost 30 years ago. A friend and I used to go hiking in the mountains near where I live and we usually brought his dog along. His dog usually runs up and down the trail as we hiked but that day she was sticking close to us. When she would stop and look around we would too because maybe she heard something and we needed to see whatever it was. The trail had fresh snow on it since it was early morning and there were no animal tracks on it so we kept going. About 3 miles in a normal hike we turned around to head back. On the way back off the trail we saw some tracks that went along the trail that was following us. I recognized the tracks as mountain lion tracks. We hurried our pace and saw more and more of the tracks in the snow on our way back. We were being stalked by a mountain lion our whole hike and we had no idea till we started going back. To know that something that large could move through the forest without our knowledge was super unnerving. Damn thing was super close too cause it wasn't one minute after we turned around when we found the tracks. I grew up in a small town in northeast British Columbia. We called it the middle of but f nowhere, population, around 1200. About, an hour and a half from the nearest city, if you could really call Dawson Creek, a town with a population of 10,000, a city. It's surrounded by the Rockies and trees as far as the eye can see. It truly was the epitome of small town Canada. Another interesting note about my hometown, it's the youngest town in Canada, not even 40 years old. I say that for one reason, history. You see, there's little history surrounding the town I grew up in. You had the trappers who trapped the area starting in the 40s, but other than that, humanity is quite the new kid on the block. The rocks man. That's all I can say about what they are. Hundreds of rock piles. Scattered across a large field. Nobody has the slightest clue of what the F they are. They're just sitting out there. Like so. I have a buddy, he's sort of an idiot. One day he took his truck out there and just rallied the place up. Probably knocked down 30 to 40 of them. We returned the next week. They were restacked. We didn't return after that. There's a lot of messed up shit around the forests of that town. I loved it, but I sure as F wouldn't spend a night alone out there. For a couple summers, I worked at a summer camp that focused on backpacking slash wilderness education for kids. It was located in a valley in the Rocky Mountains and surrounded by national park lands and some really cool hiking. I mainly worked with the elementary school-aged campers so our trips were usually very close to the camp's property. One trip that we led, a fellow counselor and I were scouting ahead to find a good place to camp since it was getting close to dinner time. We crest a small hill, and this tree comes into view with a huge horse skull hanging from it, with scattered bones around the base of the tree and the long leg bones propped up like firewood around the trunk. It seriously looked like some terrifying satanic altar or something. We promptly turned around and hiked very quickly in the opposite direction to find a campsite far enough away that none of the kids would stumble upon it and freak out. It turns out that the horse skeleton was from one of the camp's own horses. It was old and one of the owners took it out a mile or so from camp property and shot it in the woods where we had been camping. That was almost two or three years before we stumbled upon it, but no one at the camp could explain why the bones had been arranged like that. Last year in Scouts my friends and I were hiking and we strayed outside camp. We found this old mannequin dressed up to look like a kid. It was buried under some branches. We set it against a tree to scare people who saw it and out of nowhere these kids came to us from the trail laughed and walked by. The weird part is that we were one of a handful of troops staying there and we never seen them. They came from the part of the trail leading away from camp and it was really muddy there. We didn't see their tracks on or off of the trail and about 100 yards from the mannequin the trail ended with a pile of trees over the trail. 
We never seen those kids again and we asked at the ranger station about the mannequin and they didn't know what we were talking about. They never seen it before. I was staying with a friend on an island in Georgia with a population of less than 100 in about 25 square miles. Mostly nature and beaches. The island has the typical wildlife for the region, like deer, snakes, lizards, alligators, and possibly some black bears, as well as a lone massive bull that tends to keep to the northern part of the island where no people live. A group of us were walking at night near the home my friend lived in. It was pitch black and we just had a flashlight, which was in my possession. We were looking for baby gators in a small pond across the way from the lone mansion on the island which used to belong to a tobacco heir. We heard movement up the dirt road. Even the civilized part of the island is still heavily wooded. I swung the flashlight around and maybe 30 yards away were two glowing circles staring us down. It was the bull, which I had heard about but never seen before then. Fortunately it didn't charge or anything, but we didn't want to give it a chance to do it. We got the F out of there fast and went back to my friend's place. I was with a friend, we live in the middle of nowhere in northern Alabama at the age of maybe 14. We had the habit of just hanging out and walking for 10 plus hours to nowhere specific. One day we followed some train tracks for maybe five or so hours after spending a whole day in town walking around. We passed by a clearing with an abandoned business, like perhaps an old-timey shop of some sort, although it was in good condition. By this time it was already nightfall, probably 8 to 9 p.m. We were just about to turn around anyways and head back home, hoping to get back at like 4 a.m. We just heard a chainsaw fire up and someone started walking out of the shadowy entrance of the building. The story ends there because I hauled ass and never looked back, as did my friend, who decided to make fun of me tons. Went on a mountain biking trip up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. We were out near Copper Harbor and since my buddies and I are broke college kids, we just decided to stealth camp near some of the trails. Now if you've hiked, backpacked, or mountain biked the trail network there you know it's built around some older copper mines with some of the old pits and tunnels still there. We hucked our bikes about 500 yards off of the main trail so we would be far enough away so people wouldn't see us, but we could at least be close enough to hear if they were coming our way. In one of these pits we found what I can only assume was some sort of cult ritual site. There were animal bones strewn about, a small slab of exposed basalt in the middle which had markings and candle wax on it from whoever the F was their last. There were four deer skulls at each corner, and there was some soiled cloth with dark colored stains on it which we all assumed was either real, or fake blood on it. We noped the F out of there as soon as we saw that. We rode as far as we could away from it before we had absolutely no daylight left and were forced to set up camp in the dark. Looking back I wish I took a picture of it but when you find something like out in the woods you'll be spending the night in, your mind doesn't think about anything aside from getting the F out of there as soon as possible. We were camping about 20 minutes outside Breckenridge Inn. If I remember correctly though someone feel free to correct me, Arapaho National Forest very deep into the park, at least 5 to 10 miles in. We had just taken part in some of Colorado's fine local offerings and then wandered off for some backwoods exploration. About 15 to 20 minutes in we found a circle of stone graves for Masonic pioneers with all sorts of weird writings and symbols on the graves. Needless to say we all freaked out cause it was weird as f, I would love to know what that was all about but I have never been able to find anything online. When I was about 10, I was walking through the woods on a piece of property my folks bought on an island off the west coast. The place had a few rusted out cars that looked like they had been there since the silent film era and I would go looking for them. On this day, 
I noticed a flash of metal, and realized I was looking at a sword. I though it was plastic, as it had not rusted, but when I picked it up, it was heavy. A real F sword. A 10 year old's dream. I promptly started attacking the undergrowth with it, on my way back to the house to show my parents, who then called the police, and had them take it away. But for a good 20 minutes, I had my very own Excalibur slash someone else's murder weapon. In my hometown there was a patch of woods on the outskirts of the town. That had a very small abandoned house in almost the center of the wooded area. It was called the House of Shoes because it was literally filled with shoes. My friends and I would go out to it every so often to take people to see it and try to uncover its story. It was a very old and small house. Early 1900s-ish. The floors of each room were entirely covered in shoes. I had to duck my head in most places to avoid the ceiling due to all the layers of shoes under my feet. If our feet were on the actual floor of the house we would have been trudging knee-deep in shoes. The shoes ranged from incredibly old decaying pieces of fabric to relatively new shoes that didn't look half bad. We found some kind of really old tags that had shoe descriptions on them inside the house. Which led us to believe that it once was a cobbler's house. The creepiest thing about this place was one room was compromised of entirely baby shoes. A ton of those classic white old-timey baby shoes. Even had an extremely old crib falling apart in there. Of course, filled with those creepy baby shoes too. And yes there were some 80s porn magazine pages strewn amongst the shoes. Was on a long hike deep in Carmel Valley, California, with a friend. We saw some scat under a lone, large oak tree. We stopped walking and started talking about the pile of poop. Too big to be most of the common creatures out there. Wasn't bare either. Then, from everywhere and nowhere was the weirdest and shocking sound, animal sound. We both started walking without saying a word more. As we made some distance, we acknowledged what had just happened. Neither of us chose to look back. I'm pretty sure it was mountain lion scat and the sound was from the mountain lion that loosed it. I've always wondered where the mountain lion was. I'm pretty sure that if we'd looked back, it would have been in the oak above our head. It's a visceral memory that does not fade. Went backpacking just a few miles into a pretty popular rafting route. Group of about 20 guys was camping nearby, but my wife and I were about 200 yards away. It was a bachelor party, but we didn't hear too much commotion and I feel asleep without any problem. About an hour later my wife is waking me up and whispering loudly in my ear I think there is someone out there. Now I don't know about everyone else, but sleeping in a tent in the wilderness is not my favorite time to be told that there's someone outside my tent who is not only unknown to me, but also going through enough pains avoid me hearing them. My wife, who is my ears, I have a fairly significant hearing loss, said they were messing with our food bag. I got up, turned on my light, unzipped our tent, and started hunting me some trespassers. After a minute of glancing around I saw some unnatural colors such as denim from behind a tree, they were poorly hidden and probably drunk. I think I found them, I said loudly to my wife, get my gun. There was a sudden burst of speed from three dudes who were hiding, and they yelled sorry as they ran off. The next morning I went to their campsite and advised the people there that they get these guys under control as they are liable to get themselves shot. I can't think of many experiences right now, but I do know that going out on the porch at 3am, second level so you can see everything, is super creepy. Everything is completely silent, parts of the forest are pitch black, and you feel vulnerable. We were in half aspen forest and half pine tree forest. Then, they also had these fences at the end of the property and I found a rotting, black puddle on the rocks as well as heard noises but once I passed the fence, it got completely silent and same feeling of being watched returned. 
It was a beautiful area, but more wildlife dwelled there. And last but not least, my boyfriend and I saw a triangular shaped cave and had to run out of there. We get back to the trail and right next to us were these howling noises. But it almost sounded off? We got back to the cabin in time, thankfully. When I was almost 17 I was camping with friends but was out with a girl. Not a campsite, we found a spot out in the woods in the country and set up a tent. We were naked, and once it was pitch black out a car pulled up and parked with its bright shining on the tent. I figured it was one of my buddies and wasn't too worried. I peeked out of the tent but couldn't see anything because of the brights. Put my boxers on and started walking to the car and realized I had never seen this car before. I went back to the tent to put more clothes on and try to stop crapping my pants, hoping he'd go away for about 5 minutes. I could barely see the middle-aged man sitting there watching us, smoking a cigarette. About then he pulled closer to us and started revving the engine. I started going up to the car and the guy reverse turned and left. A bit after a couple cops showed up with guns drawn because someone called and told them a couple guys were out in the woods and chased him off with knives. Never found out who it was. <laughs>